the Production Expert Podcast with Ross Hughes, Mike Thornton and Dan Cooper. Good evening and welcome to Production Expert Podcast number 354. It's January the 28th, 2019. I'm Russ Hughes. I'm Mike Thornton. And I'm Dan Cooper. And no, that wasn't a slip of the tongue at all. Uh, We've got some news for you. In line with everything else that's been going on on the sites for the last couple of years, uh, we felt it was time that the Pro Tools expert, which is listened to by a lot of people who don't use Pro Tools, uh, should become production expert for a number of reasons. The first one was, as, as we say... Not everybody that listens to it is a Pro Tools user. We get lots of subjects which are general sort of conversation pieces and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's a bigger team that that can contribute as well from the Logic Expert team, from the uh, Studio One team. So we thought we would sort of flip the switch and at show 354, that's about five years worth of shows, it's now Production Expert. So I don't think there's anything you need to do. I checked it on my iTunes and you should now, when you open iTunes, it should just say Production Expert with the new logo and we can all carry on as if nothing has changed. So uh, yeah, that's a bit of a weird moment, guys, I'm guessing, isn't it? Yeah, it's Mm. going to take us a while to get used to introing it as the Production Expert podcast, but we'll get there. And the great thing about Electronic razor blades is we can correct it when we go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so to new listeners, welcome to the new show. And to, to regulars, to those who've been listening forever, uh, you need a medal for a start. But secondly, uh, thanks well, for sticking with us. And, thanks and welcome for, to the new show. <laughs> welcome to the new show, production expert. So, my okay. deals. Yeah, uh, we've got some great deals from our partners. Uh, so, whip over to the uh, deals page uh, and check those out. Uh, let's go to Talking Points. These are sponsored by our friends at Universal Audio. Over to you, Fab. Good morning, children. This is Fab DuPont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast Talking Points are brought to you with the support of Universal Audio. Looking to get that big analog console sound from your in-the-box mix? Uh, from now till the end of March 2019, purchase a UAD2 DSP accelerator and get the world's most authentic Neve API SSL and UA console emulation plugins with a value of up to $1,196. Absolutely free. Not bad. For more information, check the link in the podcast notes. Okay, so the first talking point... Uh Obviously, we've been uh, nam, 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 and nam. So we're just continuing the nam it's thing. It's been a nam sandwich. <laughs> oh. Um, I thought we'd, uh, obviously, we've been this side of the pond looking at nam with uh, James and Julian over to the side of the pond with uh, Eli as well from Logic Pro Expert. And uh, so I thought we'd take a look at what we think, uh, as the three of us here around this virtual table, are our highlights of NAM 2019. Can I say something before we do dive in? For those who sort of um, who missed NAM by not being there, can we tell you, we'll let you into a little secret, that the team, me, Mike and uh, Dan on this side of the ocean, broke all the news before the guys got out of bed in the morning at NAM. I know, lazy. Uh, because lazy uh, they're not even not even lazy, but because we, <laughs> we we knew a lot of it beforehand, so we were embargoed. But more than that, the, 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 tell you what, Nam is great for these days. It's people uh, meeting up with your mates and stuff. That's what I missed about Nam this year. I didn't miss any of having to look at new products because they were they're all on our site. Uh, we did that great best of Nam roundup each day. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that for those of you who think, oh, I wish I could be at Nam, but you can't afford to go, or whatever it is. Uh, 
I, I, I want to say that, that the team on our side of the ocean was doing a, an admirable job of getting the news to you sooner rather than most people saw it at NAM. Mm, and you know what? I'm grateful that my feet aren't hurting this year. <laughs> Every yes. single time I get back oh, from yeah. there, my dogs are barking, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Name that film. <laughs> Trains, planes and automobiles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, first one, Dan. Okay. Um, first product that caught my attention is the IK Multimedia uh, new iLoud MTM reference studio monitors with built-in arc speaker calibration technology. Now, I'm a fan of the little IK uh, iLoud micro monitors. We've got a set. Me and my wife use them uh, all the time. And they sound brilliant for the size, for the price. Really good set of personal uh, monitors, especially if you're, you know, this type of person that's on the go a lot. You're mixing in hotel rooms or on your MacBook or whatever it is. They're really, really good. Now, this, um, I knew about these last year at NAM. I was um, sort of... Uh, ushered, ushered, into, ushered a little, into a quiet yeah, space. <laughs> ushered into a very quiet space around the back of the IK Multimedia booth and they said, Dan, you've got to have a look at these. And it was it was these, the MTMs. Um, I don't think they had, they had a name back then, but they told me it was going to have the ARC uh, speaker calibration technology built into it. I went, that's a game changer. That's going to, yeah, that's going to really push things. You can't use but we'll, we'll No, you're right, <laughs> you're right. Sorry, everyone else has been using it over the last week. No, but that really, I thought, okay, you need to get this out quick because uh, I think quite a few other monitor brands are going to follow suit. Well, we've seen some other news of, uh, recently as well. Adam Audio partnering with Sonarworks and other bits and bobs in that uh, in that vein. So no, these these look very cool, three-way monitors. Um, I'm, I think we're going to have to fight Eli for the review on this because I think he's <laughs> interested in them as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll get, we'll get a set in and I will thoroughly test them. Yes. Malice. Russ, what about you? What's your first one? Uh, my first one was actually it wasn't really at NAM, but it but it but it was it was announced. I think there was a box of it. it was the Mac DSP APB sixteen, mm. uh, which I, I think addresses two issues. It addresses a studio issue, which is that uh, the idea of being able to digitally control analog processing in a box, 16 channels at a time. So this is a step between kind of the stuff that you've got, Dan, uh, yeah. which is which is like full, like the Better Maker gear and the... the Tegla your, stuff. Tegla stuff, yeah. which is true hardware with, with digital control. Uh, and then you've obviously got, uh, you've also then got sort of analog modelled stuff that people do. This is in the middle somewhere, but I think it's really, really clever because it gives you 16 channels over Thunderbolt of true analog uh gear that then you work like a plug-in i think it's a genius move uh and again it kind of goes against the grain of the whole proprietary thing the whole we're getting rid of boxes it's all going to be native but because it's it's not an audio interface and it's it's not even kind of an accelerator box such as uad is but it's so i think in the in the audio terms people are going it's going to be a dream if it sounds as good as it should sound knowing colin it will uh I also think it attacks something else. And I, I, I posted the other day a comment that I saw after looking at so much stuff at NAM. A lot of stuff at NAM is a key looking for a lock. It's just stuff that, and a friend of mine was at CES, which is the kind of consumer electronics show. He said the same thing was going on there as well. Oh, yeah. Is there's so many stuff created, which is an answer looking for a problem. So what we're ending up with now is an industry that's just stuffed full of gear. And half of it, is really pointless. And half of it is really also just copying 
like how many more 1176s do we need? We've had this conversation so many times. So what you do then in that situation is that they have to start dropping prices and discounting. And we might all go, hooray, that's fantastic. I can get the plug-in that used to be 300 quid for $29 now. Yes, but businesses can't stay in business if everybody's doing that. It's just a simple law of economics. So what Colin has come up with is this smart move to make uh, something that can't be devalued uh, so mm. easily. I say so easily. Yeah, and it's, but I think- it's brilliant in the way that it's a, a hybrid of everything that's good about anal- analogue. And everything that's good an- about digital. Exactly. Yes. Total yeah. recall, but it's analogue audio. So yeah. when you pull your session back in two years' time, it all comes back. All the settings come back. Exactly. It's that hybrid studio thing. Uh, we wrote an article on that last year, and there's quite a, quite a lot of technology that sort of sits nicely in that uh, hybrid bubble. Um, and this clearly is going to sit in there as well. And it's nice to see that um, development is really sort of being pushed in that way. You know, it's, we had the analog days, we had the digital days. And people now want the best of both now moving forward. I like the best of both. I like having my Tegla stuff. It, if it was just the Tegla boxes, just the sound, I'd still love it. But the sweetener is that total recall, the precision of it. You know, click a button, it goes back exactly to how it was, how I set it a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, more of that, please, I think, over the over the years. That would be brilliant. Mike, what was your first one then? Uh, mine is this uh, interesting collaboration with Sennheiser and Dear Reality. Uh, looking, uh, I, I sort of heard about this at AES. Again, it's one of those quiet whispers around the back um, that <laughs> they were developing this uh, plugin and they've been able to announce it at uh, NAM. And it, it's a really clever plugin in the sense that you've got this plugin which will take the Ambisonics from something like the Sennheiser Ambio mic uh, and been a- able you to work with it in uh, effectively in VR. And the great thing is you can, as uh, now it's it'll follow head tracking. So you can look around in your VR world and you can hear what it's going to sound like for someone listening in binaural at the end. So it's all within the plugin before it was all kind of sort of have to ship it out a bit and, uh, and the other thing is, again, with Pro Tools now supporting first, second, and third order Ambisonics, um, to see the plugins now supporting that as well, because essentially, really, to all intents and purposes, it's precision of sound location uh, is one of the key things of like first order, second order, third order. So, first order was the good old fashioned B format, four channels, and effectively positioning, detailed positioning is always going to be a bit hit and miss. Effectively, there isn't going to be detailed positioning. It's going to be vaguely in that general direction. And as you increase the number of tracks, second order, third order, that precision comes up. So this is really good to see um, that uh, they've they've not only developed the plugin, but they've they've really made sure that they've they've got the workflow to go with it. So for for VR work, for game engine, uh, so you can do all this VR in a in a game, which again is an ideal um, platform for this type of audio. So that's really good news. So that's my first one. Dan, what about you? What's your second one? Wave CLA Mix Hub. Uh, yeah. The best Waves plugin that they've released in years, uh, definitely. It, it's it's so good. 
Um, You've already had a play with it, haven't you? Yeah, Waves uh, gave me a, a sort of pre-release, you know, quiet, don't share this uh, sort of news of anyone uh, copy about a week before uh, they launched with it. So that kind of gave me a clue um, that it was going to be a big product, um, a big product launch. And it was. And I love my Waves plugins. Anything that's got the CLA initials written on it, it's a it's going to be a good plugin, right? And this just blows all of the CLA plugins out of the water. Um, yeah, SSL console emulation, but it's more than that. You can uh, mix your whole song with, with, within one plugin window. Uh, so you can see all your EQs for um, groups of eight, they call it buckets at a time, um, and your dynamics and your your input stage, your faders, uh, and you can kind of use Pro Tools, if you wish, uh, as a playback machine. So all your faders are at zero, um, and yeah, you do all the work within the plugin. Really, really smart. Uh, I liken it to uh, SoftTube Console 1, just about the hardware. It's just a different take on it. Um, yeah, really good. Really good. I'd say check it out, but by uh, what the stats are telling me on YouTube, I think everyone's uh, <laughs> uh, knows what MixHub is. So yeah, <laughs> if you haven't played with it, if you're into your console emulations, get the demo, have a play with it. Um, you will be, uh, I think, quite impressed. Does it? I know it graphically does like eight buckets at a time, but does it audibly deal with that as well? So, for example, you've got things like the uh, the stuff from Brainworks, and you've got the stuff from stu- uh, in Studio One, sure. where you basically get uh, the Studio One in particular, where you get the crosstalk between channels. Is it working like that as well? Is it purely an aesthetic that gives you a, a, a just a better workflow? I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I did think that, but it's I didn't have the time to properly dig in with that. The rest of the plugin was quite comprehensive, you can imagine. I will look into that. I'll get back to you. Um, because as I say, the brain works in particular. Each channel is different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think the key point of this one is that essentially. You, with the brainworks speed ones, isn't it you, yeah. you've got to switch from one you know go from the drum yeah. mic plug in to plug the, in to plug in to plug in whereas yeah. this you can actually see a whole raft of of channels in the one plug-in so you haven't got to switch from plug-in to plug-in it's all within that one gui oh yeah and there's a i'm going to make a tutorial video on this tomorrow for publishing on wednesday i've got a little workflow tip that you can actually speed up your cla mix-up workflow even more so if you want to i don't know um i don't know sweeten the top end across multiple tracks there's a very cool way that you can do that so it's like working with two hands on right. a board do you know what i mean okay. Okay. yeah okay. that that's really cool so kick drum let's say snare top yeah two hands <laughs> great so yeah it's nice it's nice russ what about you what's your second one uh my second one actually is the presonus uh usb-c series interface is five new audio interfaces uh which comes free with studio one and free software as well uh, uh it's it's just really cool to see five usb-c or in audio interfaces come out in one splodge for people who are using the newer macs and newer pcs uh and obviously, pre-sellers are aggressive with their pricing. I can't remember what the pricing is, but it's the, the entry level one's dirt cheap, I think. And then two hundred, two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Yeah, yes, about one hundred and fifty English. Uh, but 
that's 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 to get a USB C interface. So uh, I know there's been the huge furore about the dongles on a Mac. I don't kind of buy into it to be honest, especially from people who work in studios who spend their lives with spaghetti coming out the back of stuff. But anyway, uh, to be able to just take a USB series interface out on the road with you uh, of varying sizes, uh, I think it's brilliant, and I think uh, they 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 look great. They look really nice. They I'm always sure they sound, sound good. nice that, as well. Mm, all yeah. Persona interfaces. I mean, I've yeah, the, the old a, ones. Fact, I was mo- impressed. You, recently, the, uh, the, the Logic Pro team, the ex- the Logic Pro expert team, did what interfaces they use, and I think most of them were using Persona interfaces for Logic Pro. <laughs> yeah. they, oh, so nice. they, they're really gaining ground on their interfaces. So I think that five audio interfaces in one go was mm. was 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 very good, and, and as I say, cost effective. And for those using newer Macs, and I'm sure at some point uh, the uh, the iPad Pro, which now has USB-C. I don't think you can use audio on it at the moment, but I'm sure at some point that'll get opened up and mm. perfect for those kind of things mm. as well. So I think I think they're great products. And of mm. course, you know, with the Presonus, I remember that we there was a we did a shootout between Presonus and a, I think it was an um, an Apogee. My Apogee ensemble that costs three times yeah. the price, and it, everybody <laughs> uh, voted oh, yeah. for it, and they, yeah. we used my ensemble. That was the Quantum, yeah. wasn't it? It's the, no, the it was the, it was the quite no, it wasn't. It was the one nine two, yeah, which was oh. a seven hundred dollar interface versus a three thousand dollar interface, and in the shootout, uh, the ensemble lost by some margin mm. uh, in terms of of sound. So, uh, yeah, don't judge a interface by its mm. price. No, absolutely, no, God no. Yeah, Great. Mike, what's your second one? Uh, my second one is the uh, Apogee hype mic usb mic um and uh, i think for anybody sort of uh, podcasting that's really what what struck me was that the application for anybody you know so we're seeing a real explosion in in people doing podcasts and uh it's got a headphone uh amp in it and the idea of put effectively putting an analog compressor inside a mic so it means that People can just just with this mic can have a good mic uh, with a pop shield and then get a compressor to tame the dynamics. And so, essentially, what comes out the bottom into a you know whatever recorder you want, uh, whether it's using the phone, you know, an iOS, uh, or into a normal computer with uh, you know, say something like the free Studio One. Uh, software you can be recording your podcast and i think the other thing that i i I got to say is if you haven't watched the video that comes with the uh the 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 sort of promotional video very very clever very different really nice um concept so if you haven't uh you haven't watched that video just just for the video and for the production values and the storyline it's well worth a look um but I think it's a really clever idea to, to bring all of these things uh, together into one thing. So, uh, no, um, basically it's pretty well available now um, at uh, $349. So, uh, wow. well done, Apogee. Yeah, and I, that gets my vote for advert of the show as well. Did you watch yeah. the YouTube advert for it? It's yeah, absolutely... that's what I'm talking about. The Yeah, yeah, just beautiful. And Bob Clearmounted. Yeah, <laughs> doing cameo appearance, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a beautiful... The storytelling. Uh, exactly. I think it got a lot of hate on YouTube from people who just are too purist for their own good. Yeah. Uh, they missed the point entirely of who yeah. it was aimed at. 
Exactly. And I, as you say, the storytelling was just wonderful. Great idea. Uh, okay, uh, so that's number two's done. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, there we go. Oh, um, get out of the system. No, stop. Yeah, right. No, no, no. <laughs> you um, want my third, don't you? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's um, Slate Digital's uh, Raven MTZs. Um, I'm just going for products that start with MT, aren't I? Uh, yeah, the MTZ's 43-inch multi-touch monitor control surface. This looks amazing. Um, the price, $2,999 for a 43-inch touchscreen control surface. Blimey. Um, don't know how they did it. Uh, but it does look very interesting. Um, I will try to get my hands on one at some point over the year. Because uh, I want to see how I I can get on with a touchscreen Pro Tools environment. Um, these have been around for a little while now, these um, Slate Ravens. About six years, five yeah. years. James has one. one yeah, I think Paul Drew's got one. A few of my other mates have them as well. I think they're, they're a bit of a Marmite thing. You either love them and you use them to their fullest. Because, you know, you see people mm. using all the multi-touch gestures and all that. Or... You've got it, but you don't like using it like that. And I've seen a couple of guys that have it literally as a display and they're using their mouse still to move faders. And you think, that was a waste of money. <laughs> Not sure on that. So I would like to try one. Um, it looks very interesting. Not so much because of the size of the screen or the price, but the profile of it. Mm. It looks like you can actually nestle this thing underneath you a bit more. Like, let's say, let's say my, my C24, that kind of sits very nicely underneath me. I can reach everything, no problem. The larger Slate Ravens that have been going for, I don't know, yeah, four or five years, mm. they look too big and too much uh, of an upright sort of profile. And every time I see the videos of guys doing demos on them, you see them reaching out of their chair just to, you know, go to the menu or something. You think that doesn't look like a comfortable place to be, but this looks uh, large enough to be... Uh, quite useful but also not too large that you know you're doing lunges uh all the time so yeah i'll I will talk to my guys at, um my mates over at sx pro because they deal with raven stuff uh and see if we can get a an afternoon with with the new mtz at some point so no, yeah it, it's i mean certainly they've slate have worked really hard but not just with the with the screen but also the the whole interface you know mm. and the control part and the uh, and the extra software um to make it a much fuller experience than just basically buying a touch screen and putting the normal pro tools interface mm-hmm. uh, so um yeah it'll be very interesting and I'm I'm certainly would be very interested to see how you get on with it because obviously uh you're you know, you've got a visual oh, impairment yeah. yeah um and tactile uh, I I would have thought would be yes, important it is. It so is. it will yeah. be very interesting to see how you get on with this well I'm interested because it's got a very interesting feature called um pinch to zoom Hmm. And you know this, people that work with me in the studio know that I'm forever scroll uh, zooming in my screen uh, to read things. Always do it. It's, it's under the accessibility thing. Uh, and to be able to do that with my fingers, you know, when I'm reading something on the internet or I'm doing whatever in Final Cut or Pro Tools or whatever, to be able to do that in my hands might 
might be a good thing for me. It might make my make me work a bit quicker. Um, but we'll see. I'm going to have a go at one at some point and uh, report back. Good, Russ. Yes. What about you? What's your last one? My last one plays to one of my favourite beefs at the moment, which is the Error D uh, unit. That's uh, the D Clipper. And the reason I love all of their stuff is that they're just they're just almost like one button and all 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 is done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's any company that makes life simple for me will get my vote every time. Yeah. Uh, you just want to do uh, the uh, you want you, you just want to do the job and move on. As yeah. I say, the what it says workflow, on the tin. workflow, workflow is yeah. is my yeah uh, yeah yeah. And it's um the air and noise remover uh, won the shootout the blind shootout that we put out just before Christmas by, by a small margin, but it still won. It beat uh, isotope stuff. Um, oh, a few others won by waves. And yeah, the, the error one knob uh, noise remover won. So mm. yeah, I, I love their stuff. It's really good. Yeah, it is indeed. So that's my third one. Yeah, check it out. Okay. And my last one, um, I'm, I'm going to, grasp the nettle um because my third one is the uh preview that avid did of pro tools 2019 the next release we don't know when it's going to be released but the preview uh and then the whole um debate online about voice packs and whether avid should be charging for them or not um i'm going to nail my colors to the mast here um I think the, I mean, certainly at high-end post, um, more voices, and obviously with an HDX system, you you know, with an HD native system, with the HD Ultimate software standalone, everybody goes up from 256 voices to 384. No additional cost. But then if you've got, you know, an HD native or, or even the standalone um, Ultimate, and a big job comes in, and you need more voices for a month, for a week. Um, imagine you're, you've got a perpetual license for Pro Tools Ultimate standalone software, and then this big job comes in, and you need a few extra voices, a few extra tracks. Well, then you just rent in a voice pack for a month, do the job, and then you drop back to 384 voices. I think it's... Because what's very interesting with the debate is a lot of people saying, why should we be charged for voices? And then, but I would like to suggest that most people who were, were not happy about being charged for voices will never need to buy them. Then, <laughs> you know, most people will not need to get past the 256, let alone the 384 when it comes out. Um, so Avid have made a choice not to charge you for something you don't want. There we go. That's that's not sat on the fence. That's fair. Comments. <laughs> I, I said to you that my, my the problem with this is that it is not the left brain of our, our lives, but I said to you today, it's the emotional side of it. We 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 tend to respond to this because it, the, the the emotional response people are making are, hang on a minute, every ever I know where this is going, so please let me finish before you jump in and say, well, it's limited by your computer, but every other door gives you unlimited tracks. Uh, there's no kind of track tax. That'll, that'll be something that we'll get quoted on very quickly, I'm sure. So that's why people are responding in this way. They're thinking, hang on a minute. <laughs> of all the things that Avid could have given us, track tax is not the one. Uh, and so I know that the computer limits that and Avid are trying to give you a, a, a an experience that they can qualify. 
But uh, for those of us that are grown-ups, then we'll just take on the idea that we'll just keep going until our computers fall over. Uh, and in a sense, the track tax doesn't actually change that because Avid aren't going to say to somebody, well, tell us how big your computer is before we sell you the extra tracks, are they? Let's be, let's be mm-hmm. clear about this. No. So... To all intents and purposes, you've nailed your colours, and I'm, I'm just giving the. I'm not saying you're right or wrong, and I'm not saying that I agree or disagree with Avid. I'm just giving the alternate view. No, absolutely. Which is many people think this is just a track tax, uh, and it has lit up the DUC, uh, and it's lit up our site, and it's lit up Facebook with pretty negative stuff. Hmm. Uh, I mean, one of the things that that I would say is that what it effectively has revealed through the back door, if you like is that the concept that the the maximum number of tracks is a hardware physical limitation of the way that that Pro Tools is designed is clearly not the case. No. Because if, if using standalone Pro Tools Ultimate, for example, I can actually now pay for additional tracks, additional voices, then it's clearly not a hardware limitation. It's a limitation that they have, uh, that as a business model, they've chosen to put in the system. Well, we always knew that, didn't we? We've always we always knew that Avid could, would cripple their own product for, for in terms of, of, of uh, leveraging pricing. Uh, so, so th- that's not a new revelation, is it? Well, I think I, I was never quite sure until now whether that limitation was effectively we put this line in the sand to two five six voices. Because we know that if you have effectively an approved system and you don't mess with it, it's going to work. I mean, that's the whole thing about the Avid compatibility. They, they've chosen to put a, a line in the sand, this is what will work. Um, whereas, as, as, as you just alluded to, Russ, other brands are, basically have an unlimited number of tracks. And effectively, the limit is when your computer says no. Um now, to me, the the interesting thing is that it's very clear that Avid know that it's possible to do more tracks, and they have drawn a line, a line in the sand, um, which now can be rubbed out and moved. And let's be frank, some people are thinking to themselves, there are days you open Pro Tools and you try and do one track and it falls over. <laughs> so it is a bit it is a bit rich. I think there's a dis- I think there's a second article to come on this. Uh, about the, about the avid track tax, uh, and uh, to, to see to to explore this because yeah, I, I don't think it was the smartest marketing move. If you want my 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 real opinion, if I'd have been in the room, I would have said it was a bad idea, but I wasn't, and I'm not. Uh, but I think it's a bad idea personally. Uh, I get it. I get that if you're running a post house, the price is almost irrelevant, but it's the message it sent out to the whole community that's the problem. Yeah. Isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Oh, it totally. was a fight they didn't need to have at this point in the game. They've got so much traction. No, and this it, kind of puts it, them back. It's kind a bit. of undone a lot of the. Well, it, some of it. I wouldn't yeah. say a lot. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't judge thirty posts in the DUC or twenty six tweets to be avid down downfall. Uh, I think it's going to take a lot more than that. I think they've done a lot to grow. I don't. I don't. I don't think Facebook has lit up like a Christmas tree as it has in the past with hate mail, has it? I've not looked at their page yeah. to uh, to see. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of discussion um, uh, on uh, our uh, comments and also on our Facebook page about it. Yeah, yeah. Right then, that's it, isn't it? That's that all is, three? Yeah, it that's is. all three. Until next year. 
Yeah. Until next year. So let's move on. Gay competitions this month. We don't uh, currently have any competitions on our site. If you're wondering if you might have won something in our Christmas competition, the uh, 10th anniversary, then do check out our winner's announcement article. We'll put the link in the show notes. Let's move on to some community feedback. This is sponsored by our friends at RSPE Audio. The Pro Tools Expert Community Feedback is brought to you with the kind support of RSPE Audio Solutions. Great people and great prices. Yep, RSP are declaring that they have some of the best deals on audio hardware. However, and there is always a however, they tell us that their prices are so low that we can't share them with you here. So to find out how good those prices on Avid hardware are from RSPE, you'll need to give them a call to get all the lowdown on their very low prices. Um, and you can use the special link in the podcast notes to get in touch with RSPE. Okay. First bit of uh, community feedback, or the only bit of uh, community feedback this week, uh, from Cameron White. Uh, I love your work. I have seen uh, some previews lately of the SSL Native Bundle. Is this something you guys will review in the future? It would be interesting to see how uh, they fare in comparison to Waves, Slate, and other competitors. Um, I have had to play with um, a couple of these in the past. Uh, there was a compressor. Just having a quick look, if I can remember what it was called. Well, they do every, they do all the, they, obviously they do all the stuff that, that everything yeah. else is modelled on. Yeah. They do the but, G the G series, and they do the yes. But they, effectively, it's it's not somebody else like Waves doing a, a an SSL no, plugin. It's, doing it it's SSL doing it in, themselves in house yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was one plugin that really stood out to me, and this was a while ago. Um, X Valve Comp. Yeah, that thing was very special, very, very analogue sounding. Um, I think what, he's, what he wants to do, though, is compare apples with apples. He yes. wants a G-series versus a G-series and a, a bus compressor versus a bus compressor. And we're listen, Cameron, that. our door is always open to every single manufacturer out there, and uh, I'm sure we can we, we can speak to them, get those, and, and, and try them. The one thing I'd say, uh, and this is, this, is, this is not to preempt anything, but to say that that SSL, while SSL made the originals, they may not be the best people to model the originals uh, because modelling is is an exact science. Uh, and uh, as I say, so uh, whilst I'm sure they're fantastic what they do, you might find that a third party might have done a better job of it, like UAD or Waves or Slate or Brainworks. So... Uh, yeah, we'll do some shootouts. We'll, of course, yeah, we will. We, yeah, we, we I mean, like to do those. Some of those third-party yeah. plugin developers actually add a couple of nice little features in there as yeah, well. Yeah, like so, the TMT yeah. stuff in yeah. Brainworks. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the new uh, Chris Lord. Album. Uh, yeah, the CLA mm. mix-up. You've got um, uh, mid side built into all of that. Pretty yeah. sure the original didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. Didn't. So, yeah. Anyway, moving that to aside. Uh, Let's move on to questions from the community. This is sponsored by Vanguard Audio Labs Microphones. Pro Tools Experts Questions from the Community are proudly supported by Vanguard Audio Labs Microphones. I'm voiceover professional Bill Rogers, and this was recorded with the Vanguard V13. So Vanguard Audio Labs are a microphone manufacturer based in California who make high-quality original microphone designs that punch well above their sensible price. You can learn much more about their microphones at the Vanguard website or by checking out our testing session review on the rather stunning, uh, this is James speaking, uh, Vanguard Vanguard V1S and Lolly multi-capsule pencil condensers. Um, 
so yeah check those out and uh, and let's move on to question one yeah so bertrand gricting uh that's got me he'll hate me for saying that but that's the best i can do with that name hello experts thanks for all the great work you do for the community and congrats on your ongoing success with the blog when I heard about Avid releasing UVI Falcon for Pro Tools users, I immediately installed it and gave it a try. I've noticed that I've got dropouts even at 512 buffer size and more so at 256. Looking at my system usage, there were certain patches in Falcon uh, like Dark Knight and 8-bit Catharsis that drew lots of CPU power, 80 to 100% in total. But looking closer, the load was unevenly spread across all the cores. It seems to like like uh, Core 4 gets all the work and the others are not, uh, are not doing so much to help. I'm on High Sierra. I know that prior to releasing 2018-12, Pro Tools was not supported on this OS because of problems with low buffer settings and spikes. But I thought with a 2018-12, these problems should have been fixed by now. Am I mistaken or is this normal behavior? I am aware that certain VIs put strain on the CPU, but in my test session, there's nothing else going on but Falcon. You should buy some more tracks from Avid. That might fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, couldn't help it. And some auxiliary master tracks. Maybe you could verify using it on one of your rigs if you experience something similar. Uh, it's a MacBook Pro 2015 i7, 2.2, 16 gig of RAM, uh, SSD, 2018-12. Uh, the Falcon Library is on a separate HD, not the SSD. Uh, so he's, he's got a pretty powerful machine there. Yeah, more than uh, powerful. It, it, Dan, was, were you the guy? That, that, you, you're you're I've a Falcon user. I, I haven't used it for a little while. But, but you I did used it look, before it even yes. got, was free. Yeah, yeah, you used it. On Pro Tools. Yeah, exactly. You um, tracks, didn't you? I remember you did a demo track with loads yeah. of tracks of Falcon. Yeah, I've looked at pretty much all of UVI's stuff because I love their stuff. Um, have you tried it in a different DAW? Just try it in a different... I'm sure you might have like something else floating around your, on your system that you can try it in or, or an application you can at least host it in and just see if you're getting the same sort of problems. Because if, if you're not, then it's not Falcon's fault. It might be Pro Tools. Um, don't know what to say there. It's just test it, see what happens. Um but UVI stuff in general, I've never had any problems with it. And I was using a machine that wasn't that powerful uh, not that long ago, and it was fine. And I'd, I'd run big sessions with a lot of those uh, libraries that you were just talking about, so like the Dark Knight and a few of the other ones. And you're still on a, you know, a Cheese Grazer Mac Pro, which is I'm on is a 12-core now, but old, before it was yeah. an 8. It was an 8-core before what 32. Was your, actually, out of interest, what was your memory size? Oh god, uh, thirty-two gigs of RAM. Yeah, I think it could be that. If you had, that's my the first place I'd look is it is memory because you've well, got sixteen gigabytes of RAM. But that's all he can have well, on that computer. Unfortunately, well, it could be that because it is. Does this this support streaming? Doesn't it? Is it a streaming product? Uh, uh oh, top of my head, I think because it's so. a rompler, really, isn't it? It's, just, it's sample based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all, those libraries that you host in Falcon. Yeah, yeah, they're sample based. A lot of them are. Um, I don't know. I think the computer could be. I think the computer is is not. I mean, the problem is with all this new stuff. Is it, I mean, you've only got two point two gigs, and it, uh, with a MacBook Pro, it's f- effectively four cores. Um, and yeah, the problem with the MacBook Pros until very recently, until the 2018 model, is the maximum amount of RAM you can have is 16 gig. And of course, with this sort of uh, these sorts of virtual instruments, uh, RAM is your is your thing because a lot of this stuff is loaded into RAM. But it also perhaps it, you know the C- it's interesting that the CPUs are not being spread evenly. Um, 
but not having used UVI, don't know whether that's unusual or or not. I've never had a problem with it. Mm. Anyway. Never had a problem. And when I'm using like the UVI stuff in anger, I've usually got screen cap in the background, which really yeah. does push oh, my yeah. computer. Or it does. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> you watch our videos. What you're trying to do yeah. as well. Yeah, so, so you guys get a nice edited video, but a lot of the times, <laughs> screen cap will crash what we're doing, and we start to bleep or put or put lots of load, additional load on your computer. Yes, it Whereas, just gets, so yeah. you, you you know because we do try and rehearse these things, so it mm. all works wonderfully. Until you put the screen capture on, and then the screen capture goes. Yeah, and computer loads says the computer, no. Yeah. yeah, the computer starts <laughs> stuttering. And yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> lovely. Uh, so yeah, perhaps Dan, if you could just um, take a nosy and see whether your UVI stuff is 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 loading uh, unevenly. unevenly. Yeah, um, I can definitely. And go. Uh, we'll uh, report back. Mm. Rob Arnold, guys have been a big fan of your site and knowledge base for years now. Thanks for what you do. I've been a Pro Tools 10 years for years. And I'm about to make the big jump straight into Pro Tools 2018. I was wondering if you could direct me to any articles or links specifically for people like me making the jump from an older version of Pro Tools to the latest version. Something that gives an overview of all the features and the tools, some of the differences I can expect. Uh, Mike, I think we have a simple answer, don't we? We do. Um, it's called an article um, somewhat uh, boringly called Everything You Need to Know About Pro Tools. 2018 learn about the new features is it time to upgrade now check out the definitive guide from pro tools expert um yeah basically a lot of what you're looking for will be in that we'll put a link to that in the uh, podcast notes uh, on the site but uh, that would be my first port of call in terms of getting a real handle on all the new features that have turned up in Pro Tools certainly in 2018 if you want to get a sense of what's happened between Pro Tools 10 and uh, Pro Tools 2018 in terms of all the other new features then I would suggest you uh, go to the history of Pro Tools 2012 to 2018 because that will give you a synopsis of all the other things that have happened in Pro Tools since uh, Pro Tools 10. Yes, and a small warning as well. Um, just double check the, the plugins that you've got. So third-party plugins, um, they're Artaz. Just check that, that they've all been, you know, ported isn't the right word, but um, they're there are AX, AX versions. versions. Yeah, yeah, make sure that, because there are some plugins. I'd say the vast majority, all the popular ones out there, yes, they're AAX mm. and pretty much bank on that, but there are some that... Mm weren't they were just ditched all together so just yeah you might have a, a, a yeah. really good plugin of, of old and and the other thing uh, rob work. to bear in mind is uh, you don't say whether you've got uh, an hd system or not but if you do have an hd system and like waves you were using the um tdm, TDM. Uh, uh, hd uh, plugins um those will all be uh, native only uh, once you move into Pro Tools 11, 12, 2018. Uh, but if you're if you're on a, a good old Pro Tools vanilla system, then that won't be an issue for you. But yes, there uh, were a few that didn't make hmm. the transition from Artaz to AAX. So just, just to check that before uh, you finally press the button or at least to know what you're letting yourself in for yes. and maybe find alternatives yes, it's part for of the planning. that plugin. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Rogers uh, with a W. Just wanted to say that you guys are awesome. Great. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, thanks, Sean. That's brilliant. That's great. Just going to repeat that in case anybody missed it. Just wanted to say you guys are awesome. Thank you, Sean. Awesome. 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 Careful. Yeah, you sounded like you're from 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 the southwest. Then I was, trying, I was trying to do my best Stephen Slate. No, you weren't doing a Stephen Slate. You were doing the Wurzels. <laughs> <laughs> I have the eleven rack, and I'm loving it. Uh, I don't blame you. We've all got them. Who in the doesn't? Office and we love them. Yeah. yeah. I was just wondering why amp sims uh, have all that associated noise. Is it just part of the guitar sound uh, that we have to come to live with? Uh, Dan. Uh, short answer. Yeah. Um, put yourself in front of a, a real tube amp, like an AC30, and crank that thing up, and you will hear that noise. And it's there. It's part of it. Don't try and shy away from it. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, yeah, you know, the thing is, you don't get um, the impression of loudness when you're using things like, um, like, sorry, volume, when you're using things like the uh, Avid 11 or any plugin for that matter. And it's, let's say it's a tube amp and you turn it all the way up the channel to get all that rich saturation and distortion. Because if you did that with a real amp, it would take your face off, right? You go, that's really properly loud, but the hiss is loud, but you don't notice the hiss volume because your teeth are being shattered. Um, but with plugins and 11 racks, you know, you control your monitor volume, but you hear that hiss and it doesn't really sound particularly loud because you're not uh, replicating the loud or the volume of a real amplifier, unless you're a lunatic. Um, so yeah, just it's part of it. Go with it. It's, you know, it's part of the sound. You can try and cut all this stuff out with gates. Uh, I think the 11 has a built-in gate. A lot of these amp sims do, but... I don't know. I don't like using them. You can hear it sounds a bit too choppy when you stop playing and start playing. Um, yeah, you need downward expander rather than gates. To, to, sorry, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. I, I like things. But to even sound then, unnatural. you can hear you can hear it go. And certainly, when I'm you know working in RX, one of the sometimes I'll back it off a bit because if you hear the noise go, it, it's a, it's actually often more annoying. Than mm. leaving the noise in there in the first place, especially if you've got like a chuggy guitar, you know, yeah. junk, 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 and you can hear yeah. that it's yeah, the noise it's interfering. Yeah, it's not yeah. right. Um, but yeah, go with it. It's it's not a problem. Uh, Louis Pixelli, hey Mike, my friend was telling me that you you may have experience of this kind of isolation. Just found a CD from one of my bands from a while back, but I can't find the original two inch tape. Thus, I have uh, this MP3 file. I'd like to isolate the drums, bass, and guitar. I know some of the frequencies. Uh, can be isolated using RX-7. But are you familiar with any way to use uh, Music Rebalance to get three separate tracks? Uh, just curious, and thank you for your thoughts. If you think it's possible, I'd love to know, but I understand you can't guide the process. Rock on, uh, and no true need to discuss paternity. I just love the great menu of silly wonky options you folks made. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's yeah, referring it, to the menu It's referring to the... Uh, <laughs> on our, uh, yeah. our uh, if, contact us For those us that email. don't know, if you ever do, our, if you ever use our contact form, one of the, one of the, it says the reasons for contacting us and one of them, I think there's a banjo stuck up a tree. Another one is, I've just had a paternity test and I need to speak to you urgently. <laughs> uh, it's just our sense of humour. So, so thank you for noticing. Never gets Mike, can, can, it, can RX7 do that? <laughs> yeah, it can. Uh, I mean, I've certainly been successfully using the music rebalance uh, module to rebalance tracks so tweaking it so for instance bringing the vocals up pulling the bass back pulling uh, the drums up or back or down very very successful and by pushing those by significant amounts 6 10 dbs all very successful without artifacts that said uh, my experiments in trying to get complete isolation uh, yes. of elements is it 
the technology isn't really quite there yet. Um, no. no. So, uh, and my biggest worry for you, actually, is that you're starting with an MP3 file. So it's already gone through some lossy codecs. So it, there's a lot of the original mix effectively being thrown away. The stuff that's quieter in the background, that's what how an MP3 is created, because it's, th it's throwing away, effectively, sounds that it thinks you won't hear. But, of course, they're kind of key when you start... Uh, trying to do isolation like this, pulling things out of a mix. So I suspect, I mean, you might better get away with it because I'm guessing what you're trying to do here is to get the original um, backing track, for want of a better word, the drums, the bass, the guitar, and you've got to re-record it. So effectively, you'll never, when you put it back together, you, the isolation that you create, you're then actually going to mix it back together again. So I think some of the side effects that you will hear when you try and effectively just put, you know, you do one pass where you push the drums fader right up and you push everything, the others all down to try and get just the drums. You may hear some side effects and artifacts and you do the same with the bass. The guitar will be in the other category but uh, I think, yeah, on their own, they may not sound brilliant, but I think when you mix them back in with other stuff that I've no doubt you're going to add, you may be able to get away with it because effectively you'll be back into the, into, effectively into the rebalance zone. So you may be able to, um, to get away with that. I have an alternative. Um, Audio Mix Extract Stems yep. 2. Indeed, similar sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it, 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 you can isolate, and just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Um, because if you do, you will hear uh, artifacts galore. Um, it's not the technology's fault. I just think it's um, it's general physics. I don't think it'll ever be able to be done personally, uh, ever. Um, but don't ever say. I'm, that. No, I am. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stand by that i don't think it can mm. ever be done personally and i i don't think it's really a technology that needs to be developed too hard um to yeah. be honest because we archive a lot of our stuff and if you need to get back into a mix we'll bloody open the original file anyway mm. um but it, you can do it and it's, it's it's better i think for as mike was saying for rebalancing things or if you needed to uh, maybe uh test bed a few ideas in a demo I've done this a few times. Go, I don't like those drums in this song, but we're going to do something else. Let's just get rid of them. I'll put up with the artifacts and then jam something over the top with Superior Drummer just to kind of get an idea of something else. Um, so it's, it's, the technology is really good for that. But mm. for what you want to do, which is, you know, in essence, remix something and, you know, you can't unbake the cake. You can't get the egg out of the cake. You know, once it's cooked, it's baked. Yeah, you know? no, I think that's very that's good. That's how I put it. Um, but try those two things out. I don't think they do a demo of Extract Stems, um, but I did do a video on it, which you can watch on YouTube or our site. So, yeah, check those out. Okay, last question for tonight. Uh, Greg Major has been in touch. Hello. What's the best way to speed up a stereo two-track printed mix with the fewest artefacts? I have a song that needs to be sped up from 140 BPM to 148 BPM. I'd like to be able to do this whilst maintaining the song's quality. I use Pro Tools, but I've also got Logic Pro X. It's simple. It's it's Z plane, uh, Z plane elastic pitch, and it's time stretching. Uh, they 
basically make the time stretching engine for most doors these days and for things like uh, native instruments and other people like that uh that if you wanted to just stay in pro tools then there's they actually you can actually buy the time stretching algorithm to use with the the stretch tool uh in pro tools uh and uh that check it out on the z plane site but to, to, to get it from 140 to 148 accurately then you'd need actually one of their plugins and one of their one of their pieces of software but it's utterly brilliant stuff it's um, Alan's done some reviews on it in the past. It's just absolutely stunning. Yeah, we've done shootouts, obviously, essentially being uh, it, from a post context, but again, taking tracks that are fully mixed, speech, music, and time stretching them because of various issues in the post world. Um, and Zed Plane wins every time. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's the industry standard. Yeah, although I'm loath to use that term, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com. If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet of apps like Skype, you will know how hit and miss the audio quality and connection can be. And even on a good day, it isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN-equivalent audio quality using a Chrome browser. No software to install. To get your free account, follow the link in the podcast notes. Let's move on to Find of the Week. We've already done about nine Finds of the Week, but let's talk about <laughs> other stuff as well that wasn't now. Do you know what I was interested with our Finds of the Week? Not one of them was a repetition, I don't think, of anything no. that... Uh, uh, one of them was, but generally, most of them didn't repeat anything on our Best of Nam. If you want to catch up with Nam from last week, the guys did a great job of a Best of Nam roundup every day. There was uh, Julian, Audrey... Eli and James all doing, I thought they were great videos and if you guys have watched them, but I thought they were, uh, they were brilliant. And they found uh, things that, uh, I mean, that's the great thing, walking the show, they found various things that we didn't uh, get to hear about this side yeah, of the pond. definitely. Yeah. Let's move on to find of the week. Interestingly, this is not currently sponsored. So if you're listening to this show and looking for a place to get to people, I don't mean sending in the hitmen, but if you're, if you're tr- trying to get in front of our audience, which is, as you know, huge, uh, then let us know. Uh, and th- you could be the next sponsor of find of the week. You could be our find of the week soon. Anyway, Dan, what's your find of the week? It's my son's 18th birthday. Well, it was a couple of days ago. Um, and I thought I'm going to get him something you know, nice to mark the occasion. Um, and he's a, guitar, he's a guitar player. I thought, well, he needs a proper guitar amp with tubes in it. Um, so I had a little think and yeah, I bought an amplifier um, from a friend that was broken. So PV Classic 30. You mean the amp was broken, not yeah, your that, friend? <laughs> yeah, my friend, no. Well, he might be if he finds out how much it costs um, for me to fix it. So I paid 50 quid for, uh, for it, broken amp. Got it fixed for a hundred quids. The amps were five hundred pounds. I got it, the whole thing for one hundred and fifty quid. Wow! So that's great. Yeah. You know, the moral of the story is sometimes you just need to be a bit brave and bright, buy something broken and get it repaired, and you actually can save a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and it, great. even used, right? I could sell that now and still make probably two hundred quid profit on it. I'd, yeah, T- take him out to McDonald's for his birthday and sell the. No, amp. no, no. He works at McDonald's. <laughs> that's a that's a rubbish present. <laughs> <laughs> It's a rubbish present if you work there or not. Uh, anyway, good stuff. Mike, what's your find of the week? Uh, well, my find of the week uh, is uh, an SSD drive for my MacBook Pro. Um, I turned on my MacBook Pro uh, last week uh, and it didn't come on. So a little bit of digging around, research, checking, testing, and it is 
basically narrowed it down to the spinning rust uh, drive in my 2012 MacBook Pro had finally had enough. And I thought, right, this is the time. Get an SSD drive. So um, shopped around and uh, looked in various places and then finally went to the uh, Crucial website, um, put my details of my Mac in, and they made the recommendation, and they said, if you buy it from us from this website, we guarantee that this will work in your MacBook Pro, whereas obviously I could have gone to various other sites and got something that I thought would work, maybe wouldn't have done. So Julie did that, and Why did wow. Julie do it? Well, couldn't you be bothered? <laughs> oh, um, to say that I am gobsmacked about the performance difference um, in terms of how long everything takes to boot up. And I'm, I remember when I put a, an SSD in my Mac Pro Cheese Grater and was impressed. But this is just spectacularly different. In, an, in a seven-year-old machine? In a seven-year-old machine. How it, much was the drive? Was it like 60 quid 60 now? quid for a 500 gig That's crucial. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I, it's just worked so perfectly. And the other unexpected bonus is my machine is so much quieter. Does that mean when we have calls with you? Is, it, is this the machine we're listening to? Yeah. Because it used to sound like you were hoovering the house on exactly. the old machine. Exactly. And that was what I thought was the fan <laughs> was, was actually the drive. the drive. Well, it probably was the fan keeping the drive cool. Well, yeah. It was probably the cooling system in some degree. Yeah. Brilliant. But, brilliant. So 60 quid has kind of re yeah. rebirthed your Mac. Exactly. Brilliant work. So that, that'll keep going for a lo good long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Russ, what about you? What's your find of this week? Well, you guys are going to laugh because I've been talking about this t for weeks to you guys, but not actually <laughs> sort of bought it out in public. But I was given for Christmas by my wife a number of things. One of them was a Lego James Bond car, which I finished building a couple of weeks ago, which was amazing. But she also bought me a book called The Six Minute Diary, uh, which is a kind of journaling thing. And I don't know if you, if, as creatives, writing stuff down, some of us are just terrible at, and we, we, we hate to be sort of locked into stuff. And basically this book means that every morning for three minutes, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And, and the way I'm going to make the, the day really work. And then at the end of the day, uh, I then reflect on the day and say three things I'm thankful for uh, and what I will do better the next time. And it's based upon lots of science. So it's not just kind of like ethereal new age mumbo jumbo. It's based upon lots of psychological research that says that, uh, that if you, that, 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 good stuff is born out of habits and habits are just made by just continually doing something again and again and again. Uh, and I have to say that I approach each day now with purpose. I don't know how often you guys go diving into a day. You know, you've got, you have, often you have a task list for a day, but not a purpose list. And they're so different. Uh, I'm feeling better for it. My wife says I'm a better person for it, which is going to be a good, good, perhaps that's what she bought it for <laughs> me. But if, if you're trying, and, and I saw people making like resolutions at the start of the year, New Year's resolutions, like lose weight or be more organized. But what does that really mean? It's not really a It means plan. that they, don't, they get broken on about day three. Yeah. And that, whereas this is that like my resolutions are daily, mm. they're small resolutions. And then my thankfulness and gratitude is, is such a, is such a good habit to get into. And sometimes I'm just today. So for example, I think today I was grateful. I went out running. So I was grateful for the, for the for the roads I can run. I was grateful for my health. I was grateful for my family. And they're just small things to be grateful for. I'm grateful for the studio I work in. I'm grateful for my team. All those kind of things get written down quite often. Uh, 
And once a week, you get asked some really tough questions, uh, which you can play or pass. And, and once a month, you do a health check on yourself, where you talk about your mental health and your and your eating habits and all that. And it's just really, it's just a really good way of just kind of getting a grip of your life. Uh, and most of us kind of try and fix our life in massive chunks and then we fail and we feel mm. miserable. Yeah. This is kind of fixing your life in tiny chunks. And I have to say, I can't recommend it highly enough. I know lots of my friends have said, I think James started it while he was at NAM. Uh, I think loads of my friends have started to use it and they're all, all reporting how it's life-changing. I can't, I can't begin to tell you how much. It really gives you a sense of purpose and really makes you feel... I don't know how often you get to bed at night and you think, oh, I could have had a better day or I'm a bit of a failure. But this, I feel, I feel more of a, more of a winner now, which is a terrible thing to say. It's so Americanized. But, <laughs> but uh, if, if you want to get a grip on your life, then check this book out. It's about 25 quid from Amazon. Well worth checking out. Uh, and on that kind of life-changing moment, it's good night from me at Production Expert Podcast. And it's good night from me from Production Expert Podcast. And it's good night from me from the Production Expert Podcast. So from the Production Expert Podcast, good night.